Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Jeremy song Night Beast. We also have audio from Uncle Jeff if we can get to it. We'll see how much we get through the show in general. Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Hi, this is Dick Dysel from Creature Feature. <laughs> Dick Dysel, oh my God, I loved your sister vagina. Um, we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Hi, Daddy. How are you? Excellent. The gang's all back. I can't be more excited. Um, you know, we had a nice week off. We had some good uh, 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 feedback from the review episode, or the, I'm sorry, the rewind episode, which if you haven't had a chance to listen, go back. It's a greatest hits rundown of who's who's. There's rats. There's uh, a lot from the episode, which Ashley pointed out was really good, Runaway. Uh, Runaway is such a good freaking episode that we did, um, which is also, it invites everybody else, go back through our archives if you're if you hadn't had enough this week just remember there's a time before jeremy had a stroke where he made a little bit more sense so (laughs) um (laughs) uh, you can enjoy all that and more um so sometimes before the strokes i speak real english (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's awesome uh i'm glad to have the gang back in full uh i'm back uh from doing this jeremy um you actually filmed a a movie last week, which you weren't sure you were going to film, uh, but you persevered through the sickness uh, of your own body. And uh, did, did you think it turned out good? Uh, uh, or I mean, I know you're there's some tension between you and the director, but uh, how do you think the shoot went? Uh, the shoot was living hell. <laughs> um, you know, it, it really helps to like. Uh, not be sick all week and actually be able to read your lines and know your lines as opposed to just rehearse them for the first time and uh, uh, having to work more than eight, nine hours for really shitty pay. And uh, you have like no, um, what's the word, uh, uh, care for any, for, for the movie anymore. And uh, to the point when after eight hours, you just wanted to just like go home, say, fuck this. I don't care anymore. And I remember when I'm like, oh, ask me like 10 more times when we have to do 10 more things. And I'm like, 
maybe you could have told me it's going to be at least two more hours of work as opposed to I want to put my head down. I want to not do this anymore. And then I remember the the, the, the director being all buddy, buddy. You, you did a good job. I'm like, just please leave me the fuck alone so I can just leave now. I've, I've had enough. I had two hours enough. Take okay? me enough. Take me back to my trailer. Do you mean your house? Yes, I mean my house. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, it, it just when you're already sick, you're already in a bad fucking mood. But yeah. it, it just made it more of a fucking bad mood. So, I'm are, sorry, Jeremy. Are, no. are you are you at the point now where you are are you encouraging our listeners that when the Killer Man Clown meets the Candyman Two comes out, you're you're saying should our listeners support it or not? Should we be watching this, or were do or were you genuinely exploited for this film, Jeremy? Oh, I was definitely exploited. Uh, it was g- genuinely exploited, but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, how much bushy like... did you show? Yeah, how much of exactly. your bush did you show? I just showed my in- entire taint so, <laughs> in, in close up <laughs> and, 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 and true gooch grease. Now, so. if I... Sharon taint. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so Jeremy, you're saying that like, uh, you know, like great actors, if, if you're, if you're Gary Oldman, Jeremy, this, this movie would be your fifth element. It's the one you're probably least proud of. Uh, uh, actually the last movie was worse because, uh, (laughs) because the the after party was even worse. So, you know, I don't want to try to like trash people. But at the same time, you're like, I really want to trash people. I want to trash them so bad to the point yeah. where, stop! You're I'll, talking. I'll just try. I'll just trash anybody. You're so, speaking. You know. You're speaking Ashley's love language. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> feel the hate. So you're saying your last movie was your filth element. <laughs> yes, my fil- filth. I can't help it. I'm slowly sinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fucking but awesome. Either way. Either way, you know what's what's the point? You know, it's, uh, you, you try you try your hone your craft and it's completely wasted. So <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. I was already a bad actor to begin with. Now I can now I can barely speak after having aphasia. So whatever. Not true, Jeremy. You're just having a. This one was just a hard one. Every artist has a movie, just like Eric said. Yeah. Every yeah. artist has a movie that they're like this one. Where this director was difficult. Ask Rose McGowan. Yeah. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy, uh, on your career path, you're just going through aphasia. That's it. Um- it's aphasia. <laughs> oh, man. Um- my, favorite, my favorite band, aphasia, with heat of the moment. So. That's my favorite Disney movie, <laughs> aphasia. Aphasia. Where, where, where they do cartoons of all the rats living in Jeremy, Jeremy's basement to classical music. Uh, uh, Ashley, um, I while I was away last week, you had a whole rack of shows. I was seeing stuff pop up left and right. Uh, and uh, tell us about some of the fun people you met along the way uh, on oh, this boy. week of adventure. So, so I did a show at Soul Joel's in Sunnybrook, which is like kind of up near Philadelphia, but not quite that far. Pennsylvania is such a huge fucking state. Um, so I drive up there to do a late night show. Um, and before my show, they said, hey, Rich Voss is on stage. So for those of you that don't know, 
I would say Rich Voss is very famous within the comedy community. Not that he's not famous outside, but like definitely to other comedians, everyone knows who he is. And he's married to another famous comedian, Bonnie McFarlane. Um, So I see him on stage before me and like, I'm not really a fan, but I'm like, this is cool. Like anytime anybody that's doing better than me, I'm like, this is cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I catch some of his show. It's it's all right. Um, And he gets off stage. He meets all of his fans in the audience, which is awesome. So there is time between my, my show and his wrapping up. Once all of his fans leave, I have this internal debate where I'm like, I'm not really a fan, but like, I feel like I should get a picture with him and meet him. Cause I just feel like it's something I should do because when do you always get those opportunities again? I don't know. So I politely walk up and I'm like, Oh, you know, it was great to see some of your show. Um, would it be okay if we got a picture together? And he kind of unenthusiastically says, yes. I'm like, great. <laughs> but people in his crew are very nice or that he knows. And they start talking directly to me. So of course I'm going to be nice back and engage. So I'm talking to them as well. And then finally rich goes, you got the camera or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And I'm like, Ugh, you're, mm, you're you're going on the list with Mencia. Great. Okay, cool. And so we we get several picture together, but then I like I'm I already get the vibe you don't want to be around me. And he's obviously probably very tired. So I'm like, okay, thanks, bye. Which also feels awkward to get the picture and scram. But it's like you clearly don't want to talk to me. So I then look at my phone. And there are two reasons these are not going on any social media. Okay. One, not a good angle. I look extra fat. Like I am fat, but it's like extra fat. I'm yeah, like, I got mm, nope, not doing got the that. wrong side. Gotcha. Yeah, I won't even send them to Eric because we both have files. I'm sure saved on our phone for like when we want to like shit on each other later. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I, let me find. I'll, I'll show a very unflattering view of me soon enough on our next segment. <laughs> oh, there we go. By, by the way, I try to make every picture like this. Eh. Yeah, I just I don't know, Jeremy. I just sometimes I'm like, I want to feel pretty, but not not that day. Um, but in the photos, not only do I not like how I look, you can see in these photos, the very first one where he didn't know one was being taken, Rich Voss is looking at me going. <laughs> Just a full-on scowl at you. Not happy to be near me. And I'm like, man, this is a vibe I must project out into the world. But I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't want to meet me either. So that... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was... So that was a look uh that was a night which i did actually have a really great set afterwards and i'm like yeah i did that for the fatties um, yeah so. oh yeah <laughs> uh, one of you needs to really update your computer it's um, me so- it's, it's only me it's only me i figured so so there was that but i had a great show otherwise so then last night i have a show in alexandria virginia okay. and this lineup is filled with killers like i loved this lineup everyone's amazing and i'm headlining um early like we're talking i think like the second comedian of the night is keith Corey. yeah yeah and he's on stage and there's a guy in the audience that like when uh keith brings up weed this guy like kind of booze which felt weird but it's also like whatever and, and keith rolls with it and it's fine then 
a little bit later, another female comedian is on stage talking about her Indian mother. The same dude boos her. So we start discussing the fact that this guy is booing people every set. And I'm thinking, I'm so fucking crazy right now because I'm on the border between my my mania is starting to end mm-hmm. and the depression is starting but we're at like this the veil is thin the equal median right there the very the, veil, the, the veil. Oppenheimer event horizon if you will yeah. I have become death destroyer of hecklers like, I'm like <laughs> right here and I'm an A-bomb about to go off okay so I get on stage and within the first two minutes, I'm like, did everybody have a good pride month? And he goes, boo. And everyone sees my eyes go. And I turn towards him. And I'm like, I have to fucking know. Why are you here? You've booed everyone all night. Why are you here? And he goes, I'm here to play darts. And you guys are in the way. And I go, let me get this straight. You've been sitting here for over an hour instead of either A, leaving or B, just waiting somewhere else. You are the fattest fucking loser I've ever met in my fucking life. You're here to play darts and I look at the girl he's with. I'm like, you're also a loser for letting him drag you out to a brewery to play darts. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole get out of my get out of my show and everyone kind of freezes and he laughs and i'm like i wouldn't laugh with that fucking american eagle button up you're wearing that's screaming for you to go up a size mm-hmm. fucking leave <laughs> so apparently i must have blacked out because i apparently said other things about like wanting to murder this man that i don't remember saying <laughs> um oh, in front of the public being like apparently said i was gonna like slit his throat like i was gonna murder this guy and i was like oh i don't remember saying that um, whoopsie doodle <laughs> oh my god i mean i totally apparently didn't utter the phrase can't wait to watch the light leave your eyes um so- <laughs> oh my god i didn't utter the phrase i get wet thinking about you not breathing <laughs> so <laughs> damn did he leave no Oh, yeah, he was escorted out of the building. And then I totally oh, nice. just kept ripping on him for good, good solid five minutes. And I was like, why are you playing darts when you clearly can't even hit the bowl when you piss, you fat fucking piece of shit? Uh, so, so he so got his great, wish. I had a great show after that. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah, so I had a great show otherwise. Well, that's all. I mean, I'm glad. Did, did as this is all happening, I know you see you blacked out for a little bit. Did, how's the crowd handling it? Are they like, we love this because we hate this guy, or are they are like, I don't know about no, this. No, thank God. I after I heard what I had done, because again, some of this was not coming to me. They're like, do you know that you did that? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, okay. So the audience, thank God, came up to me and were like, no, thank you. We were sitting near the front and he was ruining it for everybody. Um, and I and I did overall have have a great set. And I did go to Ben Daniels, who had booked me. And I was like, am I, am I in trouble for like what I did? And he's like, no, thank you. I should have done something sooner. I said, okay, great. And he goes, but are you scared? He's out waiting for you at the car. And I was like, I fucking hope so. I've been looking for a fight all day and this dude fucking found it. I just, I'm, uh, I was so jacked up. People were like, are you doing cocaine again? I was like, nope, just mentally ill. Just, 
looking for a fight. They, I, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. It reminded me of this story, but uh, you know, a good heckler getting really taken down a notch is always fun. And uh, and Ashley, you're one of the ones that likes to go that extra step. I like it. You don't go for just the regular. Oh, I will knock the dick out of your hands when you're at work, right? You go. You go in. You go hard. Like I want to actually see you fucking dead and dying. I'm gonna shoot um, your fucking dog. <laughs> Yeah, in yeah. front of you at this dog-friendly brewery. Yes, I'm, exactly. And I'm going to shoot the dog so it yelps first, and then I'll be like, want me to keep going? And yeah. then I- <laughs> We're turning this pub dog into a blood dog, okay? <laughs> so. Yeah, flying dog, because your dog is going to be flying to fucking heaven. Meet him at the Rainbow <laughs> Bridge, you're next. Oh, my gosh. I have issues. I uh, It doesn't matter how much therapy I get. It just never stops. <laughs> I, it reminded me of that. Uh, I, did you listen to YMH this week where the, with did. Tony Hinchcliffe where he, he said he had a heckler that said, she goes, I liked all your jokes except for the one about suicide. My dad committed suicide. And he was That's just like, great. ma'am, I've known you for eight seconds and I know why he did it. <laughs> I... I love that so much. That is my That's type your of cup person, of tea, right? Yeah, I have such an aggressive, unlikable personality that when I meet someone else like me, I'm like, oh, I'm a little horny right now. So the other thing I did, sorry, because I'm now on a tear and I've got this weird gleam in my eye. So I met Robert Mack for the first time because he ended up on my show. And you've really never met Robert Mack before. Interesting. I don't know. But there's this thing inside me that has to constantly say things because I can't keep them inside. So when I meet Robert, I'm like, it's a pleasure to meet you. I hear nothing but good things. I just want to let you know, I fucking loved you in Blast from the Past. And he's like, what? And I was like, Foo Fighters. And he's like, are you calling me Christopher Walken? I was like, you dress like him in that movie. And and he just kind of stares at me and I said, hey, I think it's very cool that you dress like you've been in every Smash Mouth music video. He does look like he's on his way to Flavortown at any moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a vibe. It's like 1950s blast from the past for sure. Yeah. Yes. He would listen to Richard Cheese unironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's not. I'm glad. I'm glad you met Robert Mack and got to shit on him. That's awesome. That's fucking. Can't help it. (laughs) Can't. Can't stop. Won't stop. Get it. Get it. Well, that's good. Uh, I got. Um. I got two stories for y'all. Um, we'll do, let's start out with this one. Um, okay. A bit of audio um, that we can switch it up with. In fact, I will, um, I'll share my screen so y'all can see this. Let's see here. So uh, earlier in the week, I, um, I'd always wanted to do this, um, and I needed a willing participant to do it. Um, I finally did the slingshot ride in Ocean City. Okay. Mm. Now, if you're not familiar with the slingshot, it's basically just a giant bungee cord thing. They strap you in and you're in a fucking chair and they launch you like, I don't know, 12 stories into the air and it flips you around, does a bunch of wild shit. Um, Mm. What is, what is that going for these days? Like 50 bucks a ride or what? So um, for me and my sweet daughter, Jane, we both went on it. Uh, it cost a grand total of $70. Good gosh! Uh, and I I paid an extra um, I think ten bucks so they would video it and give so I could have the video afterwards. Which Please I'm forgive about me for what I'm about to say. They made Eric pay an extra baggage fee. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if if you if you allow me to indulge you guys, um, yes. this isn't um, 
this isn't the most flattering audio of me I think that's ever existed. Um, but I figured, you know, we share a lot on this show. Uh, I thought this would be a good time to show you guys this right here. So here we go. Here's the slingshot ride. So that Aww. was my my very unflattering screaming uh, like a little girl. By the way, my daughter handled it way better than I did. Uh, I <laughs> Wait, because now this is embarrassing. I thought it was her screaming. No, that is me going ah, ah, like that. She's the one who it, says holy macaroni. <laughs> can, can I can I say that uh, the only thing that would have made this video much better was with uh, your your daughter saying the N-word a lot. <laughs> she did the second we got off, but she pointed at people and did it. Um, it was a good time. We <laughs> we had a very oh, fun... Inappropriately bad, so... <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> It was good, and I oh. I don't know if you've watched these, but we watched an entire compilation the night before of people doing that ride and passing out. So in my mind, all I'm worried about is like, yeah. don't don't fucking pass out. Don't be the fucking guy who goes, oh, and then like just my fat Buddha-like neck, <laughs> like, oh, like that. So I'm only focused on not passing out, yeah. which I, it can't work. Like Focusing on it probably does nothing. If anything, I'm psyching myself out worse to Aww. pass out, right? Uh, but I didn't but pass you didn't. out. Uh, I will say that ride is fucking so... Like I've ridden a couple rides that do certain things to your body. Big roller coasters, they don't scare me. Uh, they don't get my adrenaline going because I feel like they're too safe. Do you know what I mean? This has a level of unsafety, it feels like, that that makes it feel real. And you have mm. to pay extra for the more danger, which I like. Um, but this one, like at one point, you know how like you have like that dead air feeling? Like or yeah. if you if you ride a roller coaster and you have those straps over top of you, you feel like you didn't really need them when you get off because you're like, man, at no time did I feel like these straps held me in. It was like mostly I was just pushed into the seat most of the time. That ain't the fucking case with this one. At one part, when you get up to the top and now you're upside down, you feel like you're about to fall out of your chair, and then you realize oh shit, this isn't like a pneumatic thing that holds you. The straps move and you're held on by just the little seatbelt buckle like that's like this. And you think, if this thing pops open, I fucking Spider-Man splat straight into the, like Assassin's Creed into the fucking ground underneath. It is I rather lie, though, but What a funny way to have to tell our listeners Eric died. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I died <laughs> doing what I loved, being a fucking Be, idiot. Being we get too, on with Jeremy and I'm like, too Eric, fat for a ride. <laughs> Eric died at one of the most embarrassing places possible, Ocean City. And even worse, he was on a ride. <laughs> <laughs> like, he had just had a funnel cake. <laughs> he just, 
they said he was if he was just one pound lighter, he would have survived. <laughs> I I definitely I, I I would never want to do that ride unless one of the straps, uh, one of the bungee cords actually breaks, and that you can just like bounce around to the, of the the little uh uh one of the big. Yeah, just so you turn into a giant tetherball essentially just by Ooh. one of them, uh, right? Yeah. Hear me, I've been bungee jumping. Let's do it. I'll take you for your birthday this year. We'll go bungee jumping. I'll probably get a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> probably. That's a fair point. All the blood rushes to his head. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, take him to the take him to the ambulance. He can go to the hospital. Yeah, the, and he won't be seen for a week. If you take <laughs> oh, Jeremy bungee jumping, he goes yeah. like it's like um the the white supremacist bit from Dave Chappelle where he shows him he's black finally and the guy's head explodes. <laughs> That's what happens to Jeremy's head and blood oh, pressure. No, I can't do a scanners on Jeremy. That would be terrible. No, but that's that's very cool, Eric. I'm glad you and Jane had a lot of fun. I, I, I'm sure they do the video when the when the uh, the bungee breaks and it's just like you're all over the place as you bang God. against the uh, one of the supports. Yeah, like <laughs> like like you're a failed wily e. coyote trap. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, they make it well enough so that you'll you only. You won't you won't get really maimed, but you'll definitely be shaken up like you were in a in a car wreck. Yeah, you gotta just walk around the rest of your life like you're Larry Flint, you know, like it's a really good ride. I love it so much. And, and at least and at least you get you get your your money back and the free video. So hey, this yeah. video's on the house. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh we do I wanna move the show along. Um, but I have one last story and I think it's <laughs> This this is a rarity on the program. Um, as you know, uh, we don't really mention her much on this program, but this story involves Erica Woodworth, so I had to get pre-authorized to share this tale uh, because it's a story um, that revolves around her. And uh, we, uh, we oftentimes when we go to Ocean City, we'll frequent this place called Bull on the Beach, and uh, her dad really loves it. And she wanted to get um, some T-shirts from Bull on the Beach because he was like, you know, we, 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 they have some cool shirts, whatever. We stop in, and she was like, I'm going to hold on to it until like a birthday or something in the future and just give it to him then, right? So okay. we walk in. Uh, we have like a drink or two. It's like the evening time, and uh, she walks over. It's kind of busy, you know. She finally goes to up there and they have uh, men's shirts and lady shirts. And uh, she walks up and uh, she's like, I'd like this, uh, this one right here. And they're like, yeah, okay. And I also like this uh, pink women's one right here. And she's, the guy stops and looks her dead in the eye and goes, um, you know, that's a crop top, right? Like, as in, are you sure, are you sure you want to buy this? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to? Are you sure you want to buy this like that? <laughs> and she holds herself like this. She goes, "It's not for me. It's for somebody else." And then he goes, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." <laughs> so, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> I cheated. <laughs> so, um. She gets the shirts and then she's recapping the story. She's like, I can't believe he said that. And I was just like, I was like, well, who's that shirt for? And she goes, it was for me. <laughs> she just lied. <laughs> she didn't want to say it was for her. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, a fun story about sweet Erica Woodworth uh, and the best service on the beach, bull on the beach. So... <laughs> 
Mm. Um, wow, men find different things funny. <laughs> no, she laughed Thanks. about it, and she she did think it was very funny. But it was uh, because listen, my 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 sweet wife has lost a bunch of weight in the last I'd say two years or so. Um, so she's not she's she's happy with herself ultimately. But I did find it funny. She was like, "It's not for me," and I was like, "It was for me." <laughs> She just went out immediately. So she's got a crop top now. And you know what? She's going to rock it. You know why? Because Party Rock is in the house tonight, and everybody's going to have a good time. And I'm ready for this good time that we're about to go into now, which is the 1982 classic Night Beast. Oh, man. Jeremy, this was your pick this week. Why the movie Night Beast? Probably second only to a Baltimore accent than a than a regular John Waters movie. So. Yeah, I picked up some good Mid Atlantic uh, slang in the, for the audio for this episode. Uh, filmed in uh, Kingsville and Perry Hall, and at the end of this episode, if you tune in, you'll be able to hear a little bit uh, of one of our family members who knew the director of this movie and his children. Um, but uh, yeah, Night Beast—it's free on Tubi right now. And if you like movies where you're like, you know what? E.T., not scary enough. Needed to be more scary. But also, if he looked just a little retarded. This is your movie right here. Um, also, I found out that they have a documentary just on Don Doler. <gasps> oh! because, because, of, because of his cult following because of these, these uh, Perry Hall movies. Okay, so we'll have to check out more about director Don Doler. It's called uh, Blood, Boobs, and Beasts. The the one you had sent me. I got you. The three Bs. Uh, And Don Doler, uh, who uh, passed away in 2006, born in 1946 in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, famous for such films as Night Beast, Alien Factor 2, Blood Massacre and the Galaxy Invader uh, in 1985. So uh, I I finally put two and two together because I'd seen Pod People like 30 years ago. It's probably one of the top five uh, MST3K movies where they intersplice parts of space uh, creature or whatever it was called. His his 1984 movie by Don Dollar. It has nothing to do with with pod people at all. Like they they just <laughs> interspliced it for no reason whatsoever. And I was like, "There's nothing to do with this movie at all." But they, it's in it in another Don Doer film. Kind of like the idea that this movie is Night Beast, which is about a crashed alien that I don't think the night really affects him in any way, shape, or form. He just seems to only attack at night. Um, so- just like most men. <laughs> 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 so uh this uh this is of course is a uh a, a wonderful trauma movie um you get to see the classic trauma intro uh supporting small films from baltimore all the way to uh new jersey so um it starts off hot with this crash landing dare i say special effects that only a 
that maybe could be recreated by anybody in this room. Um, it's just a model that clearly crashes. Um, and I like that it crashes and there's campers nearby. The other two campers don't even wake up. They're like, what? I don't fucking hear it. You know what I mean? They're out in the middle of the woods. They're like, what the fuck? He was like, hey, man, wake up. There was a, there was a, a fucking plane crash over there. And they couldn't be bothered less. They're like, who fucking cares? We're sleeping in the woods right now, fully clothed. Why would we even go and look at this? Uh, but he does uh, wake the others up who uh, just basically sleep through a 9-11. And uh, he does, uh, this alien immediately emerges uh, who does, can we mention that the alien, it's just, it it has a touch of like, it looks a little downsy. Does that make sense? Like it's got down syndrome a little bit. Like oh. if you took uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. from um, uh, Enemy Mine and just gave him down syndrome and fangs, that's kind of what this monster looks like. Oh, 100%. I love that you touched on this. I made a note that it looks like the predator if he had down syndrome. And I said, you could make a whole <laughs> show about this and call it the XXY files. <laughs> My, my my favorite part of the movie Predator where he's like, what the fuck are you? So, <laughs> so uh, this, uh, the Night Beast does have a, a, a little red laser, which you're going to hear a lot fucking more of in this movie uh, that could just zap people into like a red dust uh, and, and immediately make them disappear. They just kind of become a red outline um, and, they're, and then they're gone. Um he decides to also just this this old man decides to go take a piss while he's driving his kids down a road nearby, and uh, the night beast just rips this fucking grandpa's eye out with his bare hands, and then the kids nearby have to just run to a house. And I found this line to be very funny. Um, so they run to this house right afterwards after seeing their grandfather's eyeball completely fucking ripped out of his skull. And uh, these two people are making love and she stops mid like po mid pre coitus to say. What? Somebody's running towards the house. <laughs> Let it run. It's probably an animal. That's no animal. Somebody's running. Ronnie, you gotta go check that out. Call quick, put your penis, take your penis out of my pussy. I gotta go wash this. Uh, I heard somebody out near the fucking core. Hmm. I did not. God, that act. It is an atrocious accent. I, I don't care how many of you people I have to know because of comedy. It fucking sounds like dog shit. This 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 guy this person sounds like they're t Tommy Simbazo. Yeah, so. yeah, honey. That's what I was hinting at. Honey, that's <laughs> that's the night beast. You gotta be quiet. You gotta be quiet. Of course, he's running <laughs> near the house. So uh, he give he gives uh basically this guy who goes to investigate the night beast out there like the fist of the North Star finisher and just jabs all of his fingers into his chest like that. Um, the cops then show up. Sheriff Cinder who. The best way to describe Sheriff Cinder is like if Sam Elliott fucked Gallagher. Um, I, I made a note that said the sheriff looks like Gordon Bigfoot. <laughs> Gordon Bigfoot. Because um, <laughs> you're haunting in my woods. <laughs> so Sundown, you better take care. There's a night beast hunting people out there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he's also joined by his 
I guess supposed to be a sexy deputy, Lisa, uh, who is also has another thick ass Balmer accent, but she's like a, she's like a 1970s, um, like seven, I guess she's 26 in the movie, but she looks like she's 40 because she has a pack of Paul Malls since she was 15 years old every day. And Um, the haircut doesn't, that shag like haircut is not flattering at all. I will say about this movie, I do kind of love how it's shot. It's shot very much like a 1970s style uh, movie, uh, mm-hmm. almost like an exploitation film, which, you know, I love that kind of grindhouse feel of this film. And it, mm-hmm. it 100% lives up to that. Uh, also, fun little tidbit, this is the movie that they are watching in the movie Mandy, uh, when Mandy and he are sitting around um, watching stuff. Uh, that This is what's on the TV. So um, he... Uh, the cops then show up and the deputy and um, the deputy just has some other local hunters that they pick up on the way. They're like, hey, I think there's trouble up in the woods. We better go up there. And what happens, which I'll just play this entire time while we're talking, is three minutes of just this sound, which is never ending laser and gun sounds for for two minutes and 43 seconds. It feels longer than that. It, it just, it's just close up. Boo, 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 and just shitty lasers going across the screen. I just imagine this is what Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion were talking about when they wrote WAP. Yeah. This, this is the noise <laughs> that it makes. Just a wet queef. Also, I, I'd like to talk about everybody who's shooting a gun excellent marksman could hit this thing no problem it's just bullets are completely ineffective by the way we've already shot at least 80 rounds just while i've been talking the the audio has not been fucked with at all now he's shooting again he's shooting more lasers and missing some like every hundredth shot he gets one of them and they vaporize that's the best way to describe what happens for just three straight minutes and then you're like okay whoo whoo I think I think the night beast is gone. Are we okay? No, he's still shooting. He starts shooting lasers immediately again, and just, it just does that. I think there's I think there's uh, less uh, less gunfire in the uh, middle of uh, Attack of the Clones with the big stadium scene, but there's less firing. So that is true. That is true. So they all have to uh, escape. The remaining survivors escape uh, and leave the farmhouse there. Uh, to regroup back at the police station where uh, the sheriff is like, I got to call in Perkins. Perkins is my main man. If we can get that gun away from that thing, then maybe we'll have a shot, right? And the next day, the sheriff's plan, right, um, uh, uh, is to bring in this guy, Perkins. Hold on. Uh, oh, yeah, they, yeah, here we go. Here's the plan real quick. George Michaels says he was driving on Route 7 near the old Hargrove farm. Something weird ran in front of his car and he almost hit it. Wait here for Perkins. Meet us out there. All right, Jack, be careful. So he's going to wait for Perkins. Perkins, they go out to go check it out. Now, the sheriff's plan as they go run up to this house is just like, now you follow me. He's with Lisa, right, his deputy. And they're just kind of like slowly creeping up. And then they just like, oh, shit, it's the monster. Wait on a single signal. And then he just immediately runs and leaves this bitch behind, <laughs> which does make me laugh. His plan was just to just run as fast as he could away, uh, which I thought was very, very funny. Um, soon after that, uh, it's another five-minute shootout as Perkins shows up, his ace in the hole, and Perkins is literally just a 60-year-old farmer with a rifle. Like, he's not... <laughs> he's not... 
He's not anything. Nothing I said. I I would I would ask him if like this guy never to save. You'd be more likely to ask Perkins for a Pepperidge Farm cracker than you would for like a, a help or anything else. Uh, yeah, it's wild. The only advice he really has to give is, but like sometimes dead is better. <laughs> I like to I like I like to think it's like wow, it's an alien beast. Why don't we just get Perkins? Let's not get like the military or NSA. Let's just get Perkins. Yeah, yeah. So. Did you imagine like Loki and everybody comes down there like, I have an entire army. He's like, we have a Perkins. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> yes. So uh, they uh, the, the episode of the X Files. We got Perkins. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Farmer Perkins is able to actually shoot the gun uh, itself, right? Because uh, that's he's a crack shot marksman, apparently. And he flanks him, and he's able to shoot the gun. So now, we thank God, we just don't have to hear this for another two hours of just this. Because we've already... We're 20 minutes into the movie. 17 minutes of it has just been that sound blasting constantly. Um, so we don't, thank God, we don't have to hear that anymore. Um, so I, I just wish that this would have been a, an extended cut where the, the, the Night Beast loses his gun as the close up of the Night Beast crying over his ray gun. <laughs> my, my ray gun. <laughs> my father. Space Perkins gave me this ray gun. <laughs> so, uh, I also, it's also worth mentioning that the guy whose farm that they're going to is, uh, who reported is George Michaels, famed singer, George Michaels, uh, estate that they had to hey, go rescue. Hey, hey, play that saxophone theme. I'm never gonna shoot again. <laughs> Guilty aliens got no rhythm. <laughs> Killed, they destroyed my ray gun. Then I'll have to stab their eyes out. All I wanna do was just blow this guy at this silly rest I've given. <laughs> so, uh, the next logical step when there's a giant alien attack threatening the city of Jarrettsville and Kingsville and Perry Hall is to immediately talk to the mayor, uh, who's played by Richard Richard Dizel, uh, playing Mayor Burt Wicker. And here's a little bit of Mayor. You don't understand, Jack. I've got this party for Governor Embry here this afternoon. Remember? Election time, ass-kissing time. Bert, I've got something running around killing people. We lost Pete for Christ's sake and five other men plus Bill Perkins' son. I don't give a shit about your party. I'm sorry about Pete, Jack. I'm truly sorry, but I can't cancel this party with the governor. I mean, I can't even get in touch with him. He and his aide are driving down from Carroll County now. Oh, they're from Carroll <laughs> County. Look at that. That's that's over 40 minutes away. Do you think I could just call him at any time or tell him to possibly go back 40 minutes? Oh, God. You, what, what if I have to actually go to St. Mary's County? <laughs> so, uh, I do love in movies, particularly like this time period, can we talk about the fucking business meeting pool parties? Yes. <laughs> Uh, what is that? I also so uh, two things about this business backyard party that he's about to throw. We're not quite there, but that's the very next thing, right? Sorry. sorry. Um so um the uh, uh they 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 meet him in his backyard, which is really just a single family home. He's the mayor of the town. He lives in just a single split-level house that <laughs> 
<laughs> that just looks like it's a regular suburban ass home in the middle but I mean of nowhere. That, but I'm saying that actually makes sense, right? In these areas. If you're mm-hmm. just the mayor of what, like a Carroll County town, like yeah. come on. Yeah, this is this is Jarrett'sville right here. Uh, but it doesn't even have like a farm. It's just a like this is a suburban backyard that has a pool. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Um, it. Uh, but we'll get back to the pool party shortly enough. We also get to meet Mary Jane, his uh, lovely girlfriend or wife. We're not sure, but she's got big old bazongas. Um, next, uh, the sheriff starts evacuating the town anyway. Uh, we get to see a domestic dispute uh, between this badass biker guy uh, named Drago uh, as he roughs up his girlfriend who, who just gets naked for no reason right after that. It's very, it was nudity that was added to the movie. Probably on Troma's request, they were like, "This movie's really great. Um, we really do count on there being titties somewhere in here. So if you could just go ahead and reshoot this, because there's no reason for this character Drago to I'm, be in it at all." <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Troma just uh, bought the movie eventually, but it was way before Troma was a Troma film. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I have honestly, Jeremy, anytime you want to make a movie, we can just use my production company, which is a uh, trauma studio. <laughs> trauma films. So, yeah. so next, uh, now we're at the governor's party, which is basically just a backyard cookout that you would find in any Southern Maryland backyard. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, it, it's an in-ground pool. That's not particularly large, has a diving board, kind of nice. And just a bunch of people playing grab ass around there uh, to really impress the governor who shows up with his aide um and uh because they're not taking it seriously and the mayor is not telling him what's going on uh one of the fellas uh jamie who is uh the unsung hero of this movie decides to make a little statement he grabs one of the officer's guns and says Ladies and gentlemen, may I please have your attention? I'm sorry to interrupt this lovely party, but I'm afraid we're going to have to ask everyone to leave. We've just discovered that poison gas is leaking from the old mines, and for your own safety, we're evacuating the town. Oh, my God! You leave me, you're going to regret this. Come along, Governor, we must get you to safety. So, um, that's... The pool that is part. the same excuse I've used at a pool party to get people out of the pool after I took a dookie. <laughs> I'm like, there's gas leaking out of the mine. Can, can I have your attention, please? That didn't come out of my ass. That is naturally forming sludge. Uh, it will kill you. <laughs> people uh, compare this movie to uh, Close Encounters of the Same, same same kind con- fifth kind close encounters of the third kind there so. you go <laughs> also when i poop in the pool i call it close encounters of the third kind <laughs> i poop in the pool i poop in the pool i poop in my pool um so uh Next thing that we get to see after this lovely uh, party has been uh, the the mayor's name has been tarnished. Sweet Mary Jane is upset that the party's over uh, and he's not sure he's going to get reelected at this point. Lots of bad things. If you piss off Governor Hogan, let me tell you, bad <laughs> stuff's going to happen. Oh, and... I love Governor Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're right near Hoagie Fest. Um, so... 
<laughs> so uh, the the night beast though uh, outside of the hospital just knocks some random black guy's arm off. He just walks up and just karate chops it clean off, uh, and then comes into the hospital where we meet Stephen and his wife, who are both. Um, uh, 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 I guess, I, I, or Ruth. I'm not sure if they're, I don't know what their relationship is exactly, but it's bizarre. Um, and uh, the Night Beast is creeping up on him, and this motherfucker MacGyvers up a trap for the Night Beast. Uh, but two funny things happen here. Um, while he's doing this, uh, the Night Beast is trying to break down the door, and there's so much wood that comes down the steps that just is not any part of the door. It's just pieces of fucking like scooter board that they found that they're throwing down the steps. And there's way too much, like there's three doors worth of wood that fall down (laughs) the steps. And that's all that you see. Um, And his idea is to cut the cord to the dryer uh, and then pour buckets of water so that when he walks in it, he'll just plug it in and zap the beast genius plan until this bitch comes out and stops coming out of hiding he's like oh should i stand in the water he's like bitch get the fuck over here and grabs her out of the water so he can zap the beast who just seems like ow that hurt a lot and then he's like okay i'll leave now and he just walks away like he has them cornered and he's clearly not that hurt he's like i guess i'll be on my way have you've electroshocked me into submission <laughs> so uh, very bizarre scene overall hilarious um uh and you know what it just goes to show having a macgyver background does work uh yeah. so the deputy it's not only it's not only a true story but it was also filmed in real time so oh yeah <laughs> so the uh uh, Deputy Helpful Jamie then goes to beat up the wife beater, uh, Drago, um, because he's like, I didn't like, I don't like what you, that you physically assaulted this beautiful woman, which is right, uh, a right thing to do. Uh, the cops then find another dead body, uh, and they have to outrun the beast. And all they're doing is just constantly running. The cops find him, we're like, we need to get the fuck away from this thing. Um, the sheriff, though, he gets wounded in this little mix up and then has to get himself fixed up by the lovely Lisa in this random hotel room that they find themselves in. Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? I've got to see the injury if I'm going to patch it up. Yeah, I know, but I... Are you embarrassed, Jack? No, of course not. Good, let's get these pants off. I'll be fixed up in no time. Be fixed up in no time, no problem. It's a nasty gash you have here. Hey! Let me get some alcohol, Let me get a little bit of alcohol real quick, hon. Let me just do this couple things and we'll get you fixed right. Oh, this looks like your dick needs CPR. Let's go check this out next. Um, But yeah, Lisa... I, I have a nasty gash, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm very offended. I don't like that they, they went after me in this movie before I was even born. They're like, her smell permeates into the past. <laughs> Uh, I then also like that Lisa, one moment after he she patches him up, he's like, now what are you going to do? He's like, oh, the same thing I do every time I get some downtime, take a quick shower. Hold on, let me show you my tits real quick. And she just completely disrobes. Uh, they then uh, make love right after that uh, with the sexy Sheriff uh, Cinder, who, uh, again, looks like the best looking Bob Ross you could ever find. Um, just curls out, ready to 
slide a couple of paintbrushes in her. Um, <laughs> ooh, uh, <laughs> ooh, that's don't don't like that. He looks at her bush and he's like, "That's a happy little tree." Um, yeah, but, we call this wet painting. Wet, <laughs> <laughs> mm. wet on wet. I was gonna say, whenever you paint with me, you're like, "Why does this? Is this oil?" <laughs> Did you shit yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing my own finger painting. Um, you know, if, if if you're young, you can watch like really really cheap porn with our normal people. It might as well be like you know normal people are like. Oh, I guess I don't need to watch porn anymore. It's, it's really bad. So I don't watch porn, Jeremy. I just imagine the person I'm in love with being a better person than they really are. It's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, oh, shortly after this, uh, we joined Mary Jane and the governor, who are both hammered. Hammered so much that the governor is about to pass out. You know, Bertie, I was thinking, maybe you ought to write the governor a letter of apology. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus maybe Christ. you ought to hire a writer to write it for you. Mm -hmm. That's what politicians do, don't they? <laughs> Someone put a muzzle on this bitch. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> You know what I mean, Birdie? Come on, Birdie. That, that accent is a fucking punishment from God. I like to I like to think that the actual actors were pretty much Hamilton, but the, you could have maybe gotten some some Hamden in it as well. If it's not some Dundalk. So. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I used to work over fantasies, but then my dad said I had to quit. Um, <laughs> my dad started working the night shift as a doorman. He said I couldn't work the same hours. <laughs> so I transferred the legs with a Z. Anyway, <laughs> I'm working with my new manager. His name's Chris Restifo. Um, he's real good. <laughs> Man, you know, I got to tell you, I got to sidetrack us for one sec. Eric brought it up. So I've got to do this. I recently this morning watched a video of a man with a head injury mm -hmm. and I compared the two and I thought, no, that's not Restivo. Restivo has like fetal alcohol syndrome. They're not the same thing. Oh. Like that's not a, that's not a head injury. Like Jeremy's got a head injury of sorts. That's a head injury. That's not, that's not what that is. Yeah. That's. Chris is actually really fan before the injury. He actually was starred in that movie, the dark crystal as one of the main characters. Um, that's a, <laughs> just a little, sad. I also, I'm, I'm also, I'm pretty sure that, uh, our, our buddy, uh, uh, Rob creamer definitely had a car accident and he was never the same again. Yeah. If not three, three quarters, the same in, in his head versus, uh, Chris Restito of, uh, copious, uh, years of smoking weed. So, yeah, I just, it's just such a shame that that horse didn't kick him right here. So it could have just made us never have to talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, now it's time for the big plan. Um, oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Right after this horrible Balmer accent happens, uh, the beast comes to the door and uh, rips the chest open of uh, Mary Jane uh, and then completely rips off the head uh, of the mayor uh, in the basement right after that. Uh, and, and pretty good gore, uh, low budget, but pretty decent little gory effects here. Um, Seraph. Uh, Sheriff Cinder finds the macabre scene shortly after uh, and of course uh, now they have to come up with a big plan on how to defeat the beast and luckily Jamie has all the answers. Appreciate it. 
But there's no sense in anyone else sticking their neck out. I'll wait here for the state people. Steven's packing the last of the equipment now, Jack. We should be ready in about 15 Good. minutes. Jamie and Lisa will go with you. Make sure you get out safely. Me? Yes, you. I want you out, too. Now, wait a minute, Jack. No arguments. Listen, I've been thinking. <laughs> I hate this idea of us running out of town with... We're beaten, Jamie. Guns have no effect on that thing. Guns don't. I know that. But if we could hit that thing with 20 or 30,000 volts of electricity, we might be able to stop it. That's right. It's scattered away at our house. Where would we get that kind of voltage? We can get a coil down at the power station in Jessup. It could <gasps> work. Hmm. I'm willing to try it. Let's go get that coil. But what about Steven? We can't leave him alone. We'll set it up at your place, Ruth. We're the only people left in town, and since that thing feeds on human flesh... Of course! And it's been in my house before because of the bodies. It's the only <laughs> logical place left for the creature to go. It's the only... First of all, this thing hasn't eaten one person <laughs> at all. It's, it's yeah. scraped them up. Nobody's been actually eaten at all. All their conclusions are false. They think that maybe electricity would work because they put like 120 volts through it one like a fucking two hours ago. It's a ridiculous plan, but we've accepted it as part of the movie at this point. <laughs> I won't lie, you're making me hungry at the idea of rotisserie alien. <laughs> Just not really good right now. By the way, at a at a power station, you get coils. You gotta get coils. You gotta get in, coils. In, in Jessup. In Jessup. <laughs> we gotta go down to power station down over Jessup, right near Route One, where the where the uh, uh you know where the flea market is. That's where the power <laughs> station is. Oh, can you pick me up some Nazi memorabilia over at the little <laughs> thing next to MCW wrestling down there? <laughs> hear, hear me out. What they should have done was like taken a bunch of the inmates over at Jessup and use them as bait to start feeding them one by one. Life sentence people, yeah, use them. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, by the way, by the way, the only person <laughs> tries to fight Rob Meyer and says, "I'm from Jessup." Yes, that's exactly where I was going with that. So <laughs> they uh. They go to go set this trap up, or they first they go to the power station, and while the others are trying to get the spool, Drago shows up out of nowhere and just beats the shit out of Lisa, who he's never even met before in this movie. He just comes up, he's just like, oh, a, how dare a woman be a police officer? So he just fucking beats the fucking piss out of her. Uh, luckily, Jamie shows up at the last moment and puts a fucking shotgun slug through his chest, ending the bully Drago's life, and we can now move on with the real night beast uh so they go to oh and she she goes oh it's okay she she's like all dirty after because they're copying her form and it's really just an excuse and a plot thing so that they could put her in sexier clothes for the last shot they're like oh it's okay i always keep in the back an extra set of clothes for myself and it's just like a hot tube top red shirt that she has back there and booty jeans like <laughs> I'm I'm more disappointed they didn't have her pulling out clean clothes from a dryer and the alien shows up and she's like oh no I'm stuck step alien help me get <laughs> so uh uh they then go to go set up uh, an entire array of wires around trees uh, that will hopefully that they just think the night beast, this advanced monster that is flown across intergalactic space. They were like, I'm pretty sure if we just set up some fucking wire, this fucking dumbass is just going to walk into it. 
<laughs> and <laughs> so <laughs> they're because like you know how in like Predator, it's a great movie where he sets up like actual traps that are like very hard to see. You know, there's some setup to them. They were like, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "Nothing. We're just gonna swing a bunch of. We're basically gonna set up like a fucking tennis racket, tennis uh uh dividers worth of netting uh, of just straight up electric wire, and then we'll be like, come on and get me. And then he'll just run right into it because he's big and dumb and he ain't got no laser no more. So uh, that is the plan. Uh, they have to hold off the night beast to uh, slowly uh, uh, kills a couple people. He gets the one uh, random guy, I guess I'll just call him, who just goes, Ugh! fucking roughs him up and then uh, kills Steven as well. Uh, the sweet Steven, who we should care about by this time, but that sweet, lovable incel, uh, I couldn't <laughs> wait to see go faster. Uh, <laughs> But Jamie isn't done hooking up the wire. Instead, he just has to tense it with his own body, and then he tells the lady to throw on the switch as these the monsters entangled. And uh, we hear this. Jamie, get clear for Christ's sake! I can't. It's pulling it loose. Hit it, Ruth. No. Ah! <laughs> Which very comically goes around Jamie, like fake electricity goes around Jamie, and the Night Beast just has fireworks going off on him that eventually just turn him into the same kind of red thing that the laser did to other people. Um, the Night Beast is defeated. The day is won. And that brings us to an end of the Night Beast, um, which was quite a tale. Um, now, before we wrap up the show, I'm going to ask everybody's final thoughts on it. Jeremy, you actually brought a, uh, a special song to today's episode. Would you like to preface the Night Beast I, song with I, anything? I, I did want to spoil the ending of the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. You didn't want to spoil the ending of the movie. Jeremy is giggling to himself uncontrollably right now uh, for the listeners yes. who can't can't follow what's happening uh yeah so i i made a song about about nice beast here so. we go jeremy's new song about the night beast Then 
The Night Beast. Oh my gosh, Jeremy, another Jeremy Woodworth Classico. I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot Je Essex versus. It was Jessup, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> God, how did you mess up this? You had one job. Um, <laughs> Ashley. Or the fact that they said coils. Yes. The Transformer. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on The Night Beast. Oh, I mean. Is it my favorite piece of cinema? No. Um, did I have fun? Not really. But I'm really glad <laughs> I got to spend the time with you boys. Oh, pleasure was all mine. Jeremy, your final thoughts on Night Beast. Probably the top ten of uh, bad movies, much like uh, Manos, The Hands of Fate, uh, pod people or or i even i even put it in the class of uh legend of body boggy creek yeah so. i'd say it's up there is one of the worst movies we've ever watched uh i i do enjoy how bad it is it is a movie that is so bad it is good uh mm -hmm. almost every decision that they make is the worst one you can make and uh, i do enjoy that in a movie um uh, also see Baby Eater coming out soon. Um, uh, I would say check it out. Free on Tubi. Um, and it, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you coming up soon? You can always find me on AshleyPontiusLaughs.com or at my Instagram. Uh I would love it if people came out August 11th to Greencastle, PA, where I live, for the Hot Girl Summer comedy show with Megan Graves and Macy Morris. Fuck yeah. Turn up for Hot Girl Summer. Three very, very funny people. And I'm not just saying that because one of them's on the show. I fucking mean it. So be there. Check it out, Greencastle. You always show up strong for us that. Let's do it again. Um, you can find all things Eric Comedy, ericcomedy.com. Check out some of our sister shows, the Laugh Finder Podcast and uh, DLP. I do stuff on their Patreon. Jeremy, take us out of here. Hey, what's that in the middle of the road? I'm from Jessup. Oh, and you thought the episode was over. We were this close. But we do have a special interview. Uh, come to find out, uh, our dear, sweet cousin, Josh, actually grew up with the director from Night Beast. We gave him a ring and had a few words uh, to learn some inside scoop, some in-depth Maryland knowledge about the movie Night Beast with special guest, Jared Barlow. <laughs> Hey, Hello, Josh. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. Oh gosh. But get your uh -oh. get your warm up coughing into the microphone. That's what Wait, you <laughs> do. Don't don't be different because Josh is on the podcast. Come on. I'm, Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a professional. Go ahead. And get the little funny no, stuff um, up. <laughs> well, I went to uh, high school with the the son of the guy that made night beast. And so we were like about uh, eighth grade and we were invited to his house for a sleepover. So it's a really nice family, the Dollar family, really nice people. But so I went over his house and it was just to hang out with my friends and he played the movie for us, which his father made. And 
for the 1980s, it was pretty good home production. And what I what I remembered about it was that um, it was he used the technology of the day. I mean, they had to actually when they made Star Wars, he told me they actually etched onto the screen to make the lightsabers that they etched onto the film itself. So that's how they made the special effects for the Night Beast. They actually used the hand scratching of the digital cell. I mean, not the digital cell, the, the analog cell. Yeah, the old to school make the, film. Yeah. yeah, old school, old school creativity, which took a lot longer. I've always but compared cool. I've always compared this movie to Star Wars a lot in terms of how advanced it was, <laughs> the storytelling, <laughs> the general. <laughs> I always I always go one Star Wars a New Hope, uh Empire Strikes Back, then Night Beast. That's usually my top rank for the 70s early 80s. Uh <laughs> right. Jeremy, I was just telling, by the way, we have our cousin Josh uh on the show today of Wheel of Fortune fame, um which is he's uh my this is Ashley Pontius by the way, Josh, uh the other uh, voice that you'll be hearing here and of Good course my nice sweet brother Jeremy. Um now <laughs> we I had mentioned this a little bit before, but Jeremy said that we had a guest and it was Josh and Josh has seen this and that. And at no point until you entered the room, did I realize it was my cousin, Josh Barlow. So it's very exciting to have somebody. I didn't know Jeremy at no time mentioned who this was other than just some guy named Josh. <laughs> um, can I also be honest that when you immediately said, Oh, it's my cousin. I started to have panic diarrhea <laughs> because I thought Jeremy was going to do the entire show as your sweet, beloved cousin Uncle. who also passed away. Uh, oh, and, I was like, and I was like, Jeremy's going to do a whole episode as a dead guy? Yeah, yeah that's this is rough. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's uh, only that's, if he talks a lot more. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's uh, it's pretty exciting that you're here uh, today, Josh Barlow, friend of the show, cousin extraordinaire, man who's been on uh, the has met Pat Sajak himself, um, and yeah. and Night Beast enthusiast. Now, the when you first started watching. The, you watched The Night Beast, I assume. What, what age were you? Probably like 10, 11 years old, something like that? 13 or, 13 or 14, somewhere in there. So when you when you sit there with your friends, is it is part of it like, this is really good? Or is part of it is like, did you realize it's a bad movie? And you're like, I mean, it's pretty nice. Like, like So I've seen Jeremy's movies, for instance, from time to time. And I've always been... These are really good. I've always said that, all right? But inside, there's other thoughts, right? There's, there's What goes through your mind seeing a night beast for the first time? Well, yeah, it, it was homemade. I mean, you could tell it was low budget, but I really, I got to give it to people who are creative because, and you're producing something that's creative and, and, and has value for what that is. And it, you know, it can be a stepping stone for, for other things. And um, for all those reasons, it, it's pretty cool. So I, I just, I like all forms of creativity. I just think it's all um, part of why we're here. So I think it's really this, cool that, that people do that. This, this was the stepping stone of J.J. Abrams. Yes, that is true. This is okay. his first ever movie credit. Yeah. Was this was this movie Night Beast? Um, now, well, yeah. you also look at sorry, you also look at platforms now like Tubi 
or any of these other free platforms that honestly, if some of them didn't exist even now, no one would have access to like some of these movies. Like they're not getting picked up to be streamed on Netflix. A lot of them are getting picked up, you know, to be streamed on Amazon and without these, you know, free platforms where people can now, um, you know, like refurbish or rebrand a movie that never got seen. Now people like us can be like, oh, it's free. Of course, I'll give it a try. Yeah. You think I can afford $14 to buy a physical copy of Night Beast? No, I'm going to need to be with ads to really enjoy this. I finally got my own Netflix account because Eric was letting me share his and it never worked the last year. And I was like, fine, I'll pay $7.99 to watch this Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. I, I I have my most important questions like... Uh, did you recognize the stone wall if it was in uh, Kingsville with with the with yeah. the fight scene? Was that near Jer- Jerusalem Road? Yeah, yeah. I, I recognize certain you know local things when you're watching the film, but uh, yeah, it was, it, it was kind of when you see movies that are made in in areas you've been to. Because you know I've been to Rome, I've been to Greece, and you see things that stand out, like you know when, when you're watching the Bourne Supremacy and you know, yeah. I, I've been there, you know, th- those kind of things kind of wake you up, you I, know? So, so yeah, like, that was a, you've been to Rome, <laughs> you've been to Greece, you've been to your friend's Jarrett'sville backyard. I mean, the great movie sites <laughs> of the world <laughs> where you can really, really pick up on everything. Uh, well, did, did, the, the beauty about everything that we can do these days with digital cameras is you can make a movie in your backyard. I mean, true. Honey, I blew up the kids, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they're making a horror movie in Eric's backyard. Yeah, yeah. Has has Jeremy reached out to you like he has to me uh, to be part of the movie Baby Eater, which is Jeremy's project? Uh, not yet. Jeremy, but this is the biggest can... star in our family. You haven't even fucking asked him? What the hell? I mean, this is this is a, the grizzly man we're talking I, to I, here. I can't work him into the budget. So. <laughs> uh, now, the, now, the, the, the most, gas money around the beltway, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the most important questions. Like, how close was your uh, your buddy Greg Dolar? And uh, were were you friends in high school? Yes. Or yeah, yeah. Greg. Greg's a good guy. We we we. He had a a good, lighthearted sense of humor. He really liked. Um, he was really into music, the Beatles, and uh, and um, a lot of um, uh, Americana back then. He actually did a. Um, his family did a uh, local uh, commercial for Family Feud. It was kind of funny, but they're a real nice family. Good people and uh, into you know creativity and 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 all the you know the media going on in locally back then. So it was pretty cool. And yeah, we were friends all through high school. Uh, <laughs> I I don't even remember seeing this movie for the first time because it automatically started oh. on two. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You've seen it twice. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but I remember, I remember you were talking about it in the eighties. You're saying, "Oh yeah, I know this guy that made a movie." Mm-hmm. And do, do, would you consider this more of a Kingsville movie than a, or a Perry Hall movie? Well, this guy's a Perry Hall guy, but yeah, he wasn't afraid to, uh, you know, go ten miles down the road to get a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, if the budget would allow, you know, like, do you have three dollars we could put in the gas tank to get to Kingsville? Right. Uh, that right. was sometimes that's a big budgetary question on a on a shoestring like this. Did um did the did uh Don Dollar after you watching did, were you ever close to possibly be being in a night based sequel was that ever was that ever that in, was that ever on the table a young Josh Barlow going out there maybe having to face the night beast himself No they didn't ask me to be a a, a background uh, person even but I think it was really cool that um you know they they try to help local actors and the local community with that, because I think Baltimore kind of gets snubbed in that respect. I mean, we got mm -hmm. a lot of good music here. We got a good music scene. We got a lot of talented people that come from Baltimore and you find out they're from Baltimore, like 20 years after the fact, you're like, Oh, they're from Baltimore. Okay. So I think it's an untapped resource here. That's kind of glossed over um, because, you know, other areas of the country get, get bigger markets and everything. So I think it's kind of cool that he did that, you know, use local people. And, What's and the, uh, what do you think the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of Baltimore artists we'll leave sports people out but what's the mount rushmore of them i mean we have a john waters i think would probably go on there right yeah. sorry uh, yeah, edgar Allan poe i guess the great one of the yeah. greater poets Bear, ever. Bear, barry levinson barry yes. levinson yes that's who yeah. we're thinking of um i guess what the the band um uh, talking heads, the talking spin doctors, the spin doctors. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't. Jerry's just making. Are the spin doctors from Baltimore? <laughs> yes, but more than more than important, uh, crack the sky, crack the oh, sky. Yeah. Uh, See, that's, that's that's an example of something that was really good music, but it never really cracked the national scene. But I think it could have. You know, another another example mm -hmm. of Baltimore kind of being you know a second tier market, but it, I don't think it. It does, you know, when when an artist shines, it should shine. You know, they should yeah. shine, and their creativity should. So I mean, I love the Spin Doctors. It helps me pick up men your age, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I totally listened to college radio in 1992. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Um, well, uh, we got anything else for for Josh while we got him in here? I just Jeremy? want. Oh, I was going to say, I hope, Jeremy, that you ask Josh to be in Baby Eater. Because one, Josh, you got the face for cinema. I think you, you've got a role yeah. in the bag for sure. But you don't want to miss out on craft services, which is where we're serving uh, <laughs> rat bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got rat bait, Jeremy. Um, well, we not only have uh, Josh uh, tried for his politics uh, a couple years ago, but more importantly was his uh, role as the uh, the bear the bear man uh yeah yeah the right. grizzly man at one time so ashley what jeremy's trying to spit out is that uh on the discovery <laughs> channel years ago uh they yeah. did a uh, you know how they do like those little hour-long little docu-series and stuff like that where they have yeah. like reenactments well the grizzly man the guy who lived with grizzly bears and got, the guy eaten, that got eaten yeah he, josh played the grizzly man in the reenactment and it's lots of him like hey come over here and they're like oh look there's a bear right over there and stuff like that that's fantastic <laughs> that's a great story with a very sad end uh, yeah. I got one more big question is, did you meet any of the other actors from uh, the Dollar film? Other, and were you a fan of uh, Dick Dicell? No, I didn't. I, I didn't meet any of those people. But, um, you know, I, I, like I said, again, I, I really, really like the fact that, um, home, you know, movies, the, the creativity involved and the fact that he was into it even early on back then. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think cool. it's pretty cool. 
By the way, I've met uh, Dick Dysell. He looks really, really old and skinny now. And the last time, or the first time I met Dick Dysell at a horror convention, because he's the creature feature guy who looks like a, like a, 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 a Dracula type. Clearly, uh, he's not eating enough babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's got to be, he's got to be almost 70 now. But I remember <laughs> my childhood was completely tarnished and destroyed when I saw him at a show almost 10 years ago that he's getting his selfie picture taken with like a 50, 50, maybe 60 plus woman that he literally uh, uh, got her from behind and did like a grab ass. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, okay. (laughs) So real handsy uh, creature feature guy. All right. Yeah, he can get away with it at age 70. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So the... (laughs) They call it a molest fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. hey, she didn't. She didn't complain. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> and well, then it makes it all right. Um, it's not like so- a real Gary Abusey. So. Yeah. Get- Friend of right. the show, Gary Abusey. Well, Josh, man, thanks for coming in and chiming in. And uh, it's uh, the most famous person in our family, uh, we, oh, uh, wow. other than us no. two disgraces. Um, no. you know. oh, you're our very own Vanna White guy. <laughs> she, Vanna, Vanna was actually really nice. She was oh. super nice, quality person. Uh, I had a good experience out there at doing Wheel of Fortune. It was a lot of fun. And... Uh, Saw L.A., but I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. L.A.'s gross. Wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, I hate L.A. I Fucking feel like terrible. You'd, you'd fit in L.A., but they'd know you wouldn't belong. You know what I mean? You just there's right. too many fake people. You'd have to be honest with them eventually. You know, you know who you know who even hates L.A. Randy Newman. Mm. That's right. <laughs> and he loves L.A. Supposedly. I love L.A. <laughs> hey, uh, one one thing about that National Geographic special I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never intended to try to get on film. A friend of mine uh, that I played poker with on Monday nights, he's got 30 acres in Kingsville, and his friend is a producer for National Geographic. So um, he said, hey, come over Monday. My friend's coming over, and he's filming this documentary using my backyard. So I went over there, and there, the guy that was supposed to show up and play the lead role didn't show. So he asked me if I would play the lead role, and I did, and ended up being on National Geographic and doing a documentary with him. But the coolest part about that wasn't just seeing behind the scenes. It was um, talking to the cameramen of National Geographic who have seen so much, you yeah, know, and done a, so much. Those are the real that stars was, of National Geographic, if you think about it, because they're the people that have to just, like, sit in camo underneath a tree so you can watch a hummingbird, like, sip a little <laughs> bit of nectar out at, like, dawn right. one morning. Like, that's a real right. job right there. You I know? was going to say, for a second, I wasn't sure if you were talking about nature or stand-up comedy. You're yeah. like, they didn't show, so I was the headliner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Did you get a, did any of the cameraman tell you like something that they recorded that they thought was really good but never made it? They were like, I saw this thing, it was so cool, and they wouldn't put it on. Uh, well, I, I would, th- I think that, well, I, I asked him a lot of questions cause I was trying to dig and he, I said, mm-hmm. what was your favorite interview? And, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, he told me, uh, Ted Koppel was when he just got done interviewing at the time. And it was like really, um, kind of cutting edge about what he was revealing, but, um, 
yeah, I mean, those cameramen, like you said, they've seen so much and they they, they have to hunker down like a, on an iceberg for like a week before they get five minutes of footage, you know? Right. So God bless them for doing that. I think if they get five minutes of interesting footage, it gets shown after having the budget to go up and live on an iceberg for however long. Yeah, so I think I would bet, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I would bet one of the hardest things about working in any sort of nature documentary like field is knowing that when you see animal suffering, your number one rule is that you don't intervene. And that yeah. makes me so sad. So if they're out there yeah. on the ice, like taking shots of like a seal that's about to get eaten, they're like, man, this is going to look great on 4K though. Yeah, you're just sitting there eating a chili dog. Like, what you doing? About to watch some good old fashioned murder. <laughs> like that. You just. <laughs> my, my other favorite thing is the, uh, when the cameraman runs his ass off from a polar bear, like, oh my God, he's going to die. <laughs> do you ever do you ever hear that one story about um I forget what it was but it was this it was this boat that got uh stuck up you know near the uh near, near the Antarctic or whatever where you know and they're stuck in ice and the boat can't move and they're out of fuel so they decide to get off of their ship and start trying to trek it back to somewhere because it's they're just stuck in ice locked and just every day they're watching this polar bear get a little bit closer to them. They're like trying to row this ice drift and they're just watching this polar bear swim to the next one. And it, polar bears are the scariest of the bears because they don't they, they don't eat anything but meat. There's nothing else that grows out there. So they're just looking. He's like, oh, those things on that thing, they look pretty delicious. And they're just watching one by one. And this polar bear literally picks them off one by one day after day. He fills up on one. And he just sits there and like, I'll find the rest of you boys in a little bit after I digest your friend Phil here. And then just watching this thing track you down. Gotta be terrifying. Should be a good movie, I think. Uh, it is terrifying. It's called being a woman in the entertainment industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, great, man. I, hey, Josh, we appreciate you uh, coming on the program um, and, and sharing with us. Is there anything you'd like to uh, throw out there, promote, anything coming up special? Uh, are you running for office again? Do tell. No, I, I am writing a, a curriculum for, uh, to, for civics, so I'm trying to help out, and I teach uh, at-risk youth. I've gotten over 2,000 high school dropouts with a diploma, so th that's what I've been working on in my day job, and uh, if I can laugh a little bit on, on the weekends, that's what I try to do. Heck oh, yeah, man. I love that. Well, well I'm glad you, write, you could write some more thing about accords, too. There you about go. About a cord? <laughs> Versus civics. Yeah, there you so. go. Oh! An accord. Oh, you civic. lost me. Ah. Yes. Josh, right. don't feel bad. He lost all of us. Uh, I, meant to, I, meant to say, I meant to say Camrys. So. There hey, we uh, go. I do have a bear story. Because oh, okay. I, li I lived in Alaska for a while. And uh, yeah. It was pretty interesting because I did the, you guys know, I did the deadliest mm -hmm. catch thing before it was cool. I mean, I was out in the Aleutian Islands working on salmon boats back in the day. Yeah, I and, remember um, you told me one story about living in Alaska. And I was like, what did you do during the winter? Because, like, I've been there in the in the summertime. And it's beautiful. But the wintertime, yeah. it's 24 hours a night for, like, long stretches. I was like, what do you do? He's like, right. um, I drank a lot inside. And then sometimes I went outside long enough to shovel the snow off my roof so it wouldn't collapse. And that was your <laughs> winter. I was like, that sounds like the most horrible thing in the world <laughs> but you have a lot of time to write comedy <laughs> there you go <laughs> 
don't, Josh, don't you put that out in the world. Don't you give these people ideas. What's wrong with you? Well, there's this, there was a story, there's a local story about a guy that got eaten by a bear when I was up there. And they found his tennis shoes and then they tracked down the bear who ate him and they found bullet holes in the bear and the, the man's pistol inside of the bear. So apparently the guy ate the whole human being. The bear ate the whole human being, including his pistol that shot he shot him with. That, well, imagine, imagine something being – by the way, that's actually Jeremy's greatest fear is a monster he can't kill with a gun that just eats him and his entire body. I'm, so, I'm telling you, a mutant rat is just around the corner. Corner. Yeah, like, that, yeah. <laughs> that, that's gotta be Damn. that's gotta be wild, man. Just get eaten by a bear. You unload a whole clip on. Now, do you think it was that, or did the bear just like maybe you got like out of two shots, and the bear was just like you? You think this like just show him a thing? He eats the gun first, and then shoots it inside of himself. He's like, see this? This is nothing. This is like Mexican food to me. It's like a little spicy. I can take yeah. three fifty seven. Could you imagine <laughs> trying to shit out a gun? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's just these little these little pellets and you're like mm, hold on the big one's coming like it's oh dear. that's, that's for, wild for and we're talking like forget, a handgun cocaine bear this thing was on crack yeah <laughs> cocaine <laughs> bear gun bear and that's but, but we're talking one. like a handgun right yeah. right we're hoping it would have <laughs> <laughs> be like I ate a man's muzzle loader. Like, <laughs> oh my god, a whole muzzle just turns that bear into a human pogo stick. Oh god, that's bad. Well, that's wild, man. That that so right. they killed the bear. They ran it out, and that's another whole movie. Listen, you're sitting on two movies right now, Josh. Right here. Time to call up uh, Don Doler and Dave Getty and say, hey, I got an idea. It's called Gun Bear. Uh, Let's get J.J. Abrams involved. Let's yeah. do it. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do DMT Bear this time. DMT right. Bear. And the, and the bear's just standing over you about to eat you, and he's like, you ready to see the face of God? He's like, you know, we live in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Josh, thanks for joining us, brother. Uh, good to see you, and uh, hopefully see you again real soon. All right. Love you guys. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Josh. Take care. <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs>